This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. We're back, and I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 18th, episode 2790, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, about a million things happened over the last week, and unfortunately, we won't have time to get to them all today because, wow. So much happened. Uh, and some of the things we probably won't get to today is you hiding in your bunker for the first time I saw uh, uh, with tornado warnings. So uh, maybe we'll get to that on Wednesday's show. But today we have a busy show. We have President of the USEA, United States Eventing Association, Max Cochran, joining us to talk about the exciting event over the weekend, the Maryland 3 and 5 star. Also, Auditor Colleen and Nolan Tra- Tran is joining us to talk about how her horse Moose made out at the oh oh what is it what is the official title of the thoroughbred makeover? makeover the thoroughbred makeover it uh, was the, the mega makeover the mega makeover because it was two years combined because they missed last year yep. and we have cowgirl in the kitchen Jill Stanford stopping by with a recipe from her new book plus Jamie and I if we have time we're going to share some vacation adventures with you and we also have some first world problems on today's show we so we have a lot to do and we're going to get to our daily winnies right now. Well, we have a couple of birthdays in our auditor room, and that's Carol Carter's birthday, fellow cruiser. We'll see you in uh, a couple of months, Carol, on the next one. Linda Crew, Chantel Williams, and some woman named Jamie Jennings. <laughs> yes, tomorrow. Well, happy birthday early. Thank you. It's so exciting turning 44. Just really roll out the carpet, you know. I remember when you turned 34. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting old. It's true. I think the first year you did the show, you were 33, 34. 33, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You are getting older. (laughs) Yeah, right? What does that make you, old man? uh, Almost 60. Yeah, I'll be 60. in the, uh, yeah, we don't want to discuss it. All right, so going on. <laughs> well, I, you know, the, it's so much happens uh, through a week of being gone that the Daily Winnies, I was trying to narrow it down, and I have two. Okay, first one is Kimberly Watts, a listener of ours in California, contacted me and said that she has a blanket 
that she bought last year that's size 84 and she she bought it even though it was too big because it was like it was free it was on clearance and so she bought it and it fits dave perfect so thank you for sending dave a blanket she also sent lucas a t-shirt which i don't think he's taken off yet um so thank you for all of that the second thing is glenn on my vacation i met a real live pirate like the 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 eye patch the hook hand <laughs> and the peg leg i met a, a real pirate and i said to him i said sir you're a real pirate how how did you lose your leg and he's like i lost my leg because it was bit off by a shark i was like dang that's amazing how'd you how'd you lose your hand and get a hook he's like well i lost my hand because i was in battle and i said well how how'd you lose your eye and he goes you know what bird was flying overhead and I looked up and it pooped in my eye. And I said, come on, you can't lose your eye because a bird pooped in it. And he goes, it was the first day with the hook. <laughs> You've been well, waiting a week my, uh, to tell have, that story. Haven't you? On the boat. When I was shark doing my shark expedition, I was like, I was so sucker in with that one. So there you go. <laughs> You She's were been you waiting a week for that. <laughs> I, yeah, like five days. I've been sitting on it. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Hey, let's... Glenn, what do you call a fish with no eye? What? <laughs> I don't get that one. How do you spell fish? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See? I have an eight-year-old, and he thought that was hilarious. Those are real dad jokes there. <laughs> <laughs> We've said that a hundred times. Sorry, Dad. Carry on. Move on with the show. Uh, we also want to welcome... I'm hilarious to me, just so you know. I that one took so me a minute. Me. <laughs> uh, new auditor. We have a new auditor last week. Thank you to Stephanie Paraboom. Thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate you joining the auditor group. Well, over the weekend, I got to watch, Jennifer and I got to watch on the USEF network. We got to watch the cross-country go at Maryland, and it was exciting. That it, was the most intense-looking course oh I have God. ever seen in my entire life. And I just love, obviously, everybody's seen the post of the, 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 the signature jump. They wanted a signature jump for Maryland. And so the drop into the water was this ginormous crab and it was scary looking to me and i'm a human and i know it's fake so <laughs> and it was painted very it? brightly i mean it was oh, yeah. really bright oh yeah uh it was it was a it was a fun day to watch they got lucky there was there was massive storms and rain about 20 miles away that just stayed away most of the day till the very end uh they had a few falls but uh, everybody's fine there you know the, the actually was a fall in the last rider and that was a little scary but it, everybody was fine that was okay for considering the size of the course the length of the course and the hills this is probably one of the hilliest five stars actually and they said that you know for the number of people completed the number of people that completed in time it was pretty good you know it was a really good showing i think part of that has to do with too we're used to kentucky which is at the beginning of the year really uh the show season this is toward the end of the show season so the horses have been out and about a little longer um, and I am sure you're very happy with the results. It was a very exciting USA, show jumping. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> so Boyd Martin and on cue, a mayor actually won the Maryland five star 
He was the first American to win a five-star since 2008. I love his quote at the end of it. You wanna, do, do you want to tell us what it is? Sure. I'll even do it in his accent. Okay. Um, it, when, asked it, when asked how it felt to bring home this victory, Martin shared, quote, It's bloody nice. I'm usually sitting on either side of these two blokes. To be quite <laughs> frank, I can't do Australian. Sorry. <laughs> Oliver and Tim are super jumpers, and I was just hoping to finish in the top five today. And then he completely gives all the credit to his horse and to Lady Luck. He said, yeah. we bumped and thumped a few poles and never had one come down. Yeah, so he had a clear round. It was so fantastic. He's like, I would have been happy with third or second. And it's a great honor and a great privilege to win. So he was sitting in third, and there was one rail between first and third. And the other two uh, just picked up a rail, and then he ended up winning the thing. And he was as shocked as anybody. You could see it on his face. I mean, he was totally shocked. Mm -hmm. So it was a very exciting show jumping. It was very exciting. It was a very exciting whole day. Uh, we have coming up right now, let's go right to somebody who was there and helped to run the whole thing. And that's Max Cochran, president of the United States Eventing Association. Well, we have our good friend Max back with us. Of course, she is president of the United States Eventing Association, and they are, it's so exciting. We just talked in the show about who won and what happened down there in Maryland and what a great show it was. What did you think? What were your impressions as the big boss? Oh, wow. I mean, we are so, we're so lucky to have another, well, first of all, just to have another five-star in America. And it is such a great location. Maryland has done an incredible job put, putting this all together, um, you know, for, for the very first big competition. I mean, they've run, obviously, the Fair Hill International for a long time, but this is a whole different venue, pretty much, even though it's across the street. It's a brand new venue. It's a whole new different level. It's the infrastructure, the everything. And they did such a great job, an amazing job. The you walked in there and there was just this massive atmosphere that you never felt at the other Fair Hill and the marquees and the trade fair and the shopping and the hype and the course was so beautiful. And oh, it was just a great, great weekend. And the weather was pretty good, too. So we had that going for us. And the cross-country course, oh, my God, that was a toughie. <laughs> was wow. A... <laughs> you know, it was interesting because we walked in. As a, I was there, you know, helping a couple people out, grooming and stuff, and have a bit of a course walk on the Friday night because it's a fun thing to go do and to see the track. And we all thought, oh, geez, this might be a little much for some of these people. Oh, geez, it's big, it's long. <laughs> and everybody rode to the occasion. It was so beautifully presented beautifully designed beautifully crafted the, the jumps were beautiful it was decorated beautifully it was it was awesome and it was hilly though it, it looked hillier at least on tv than than kentucky yes much hillier there's actually kind of an interesting and i can't remember what app it's on there's something on instagram that's sort of floating around and and to show the different topography between fair hill burley and kentucky and I think what they said was that the, the range, there's something about Burley, which typically we all think is such, got a lot of um, uh, a lot of hills and a lot of terrain. And that was something number like 51 meters, I think it wants to say, of some rise. And I'm going to probably get this wrong because I haven't had enough sleep. But Fair Hill was at 75. Right. So it was the, the change in, in topography, you know, and the, the terrain was was that much higher than Burley. And how cool is it that we get an American to win? 
oh, finally. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's Boyd's hometown, you know? And I'll tell you, the mayor that on Q Mayor, she tried her guts out, and she has been a favorite of Boyd's for a long time. She's a quirky thing, and they just love her. And Steph, his groom, has, takes such amazing, amazing care of her. And she went in, and she rubbed quite a few jumps. She definitely tapped a few, and... And I remember I was standing next to someone. They said, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She's gotten away with it again. And I looked at her and I said, look, you know what? This is fate. It's supposed to happen like this. I said, because he's going to win this thing. And she said, do you think so? I mean, they're going to have these other two riders are really going to have to make a mistake. And I said, I guarantee you this is why she's this is this is happening for a reason. And sure enough, she goes and she wins it. And it was just it was awesome. And the owners have had her since she was a four year old and she's got some foals out of her and. It's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah, there's two foals. There's like a two and a four-year-old, and I, I bet you there'll be some more maybe coming. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I would like I mean, to be the first in line to purchase an embryo, please. Thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The horses actually found, Sinead Halpin actually found the mare, and I believe she's French. I believe she's French. Um, I might have that wrong, but I know Sinead is the one who found her and brought her over as a four or five-year-old. Um, and Sinead just, she, she just, you know, has some really good horses and really good riders just don't click and they just didn't necessarily click. And, um, she brought her up, she produced her through, I think the intermediate level. Um, and then she moved on to Michael Pollard and Michael Pollard rode her for a bit and then he quit riding and so the horse ended up with, with Boyd and, uh, and the rest is history. Max, I mean, let me, let me stop was- you here because I would love to not click with a horse that I rode through intermediate. Okay, thank you. I raised, I raised, you know. <laughs> it didn't click. I, I only got through intermediate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, know. I know. Wouldn't that be the nice thing? I know. I know. I mean, I she, do. she does a, such a good job. She's amazing. Yeah, I do love the, the, the Facebook post that went around that is a picture of the Maryland crab into the water jump, uh. which just is the most it's exquisite art. Um, and it says the unbelievable. It's like, here's hunter riders. I'm not sure how my horse is going to respond to the yellow flower boxes. So I'm going to scratch that class. <laughs> Meanwhile, in eventing land, I'm going to need you to swan dive over the Godzilla crab into the watery grave. <laughs> but I was exactly. like, I was looking at so Max, how the hell do you prepare a horse for that? They need to start selling them. I'll put one just on the ground. Just so I, I know. And I you know what's funny? Here. A lot of people were worried about that, you know, thinking, oh, geez, do you think they're going to look at that? But I don't think, you know, it's interesting. I think this is the genius of the course builders and the course designers. Horses don't, there are a few colors that horses don't see, right? So the red, horses don't really see the color red. So to them, it probably just looked like a giant log into the water. Yeah. Yeah, and there well, was only did, one horse, I think, that stopped at that, it. I, I think it was only one horse that stopped at it. It wasn't bad, you know? Well, yes. I, I will say, I mean, the, the, the jump itself, like whether it was a crab or a log, it was a very intimidating jump. So that could have been the fact that it was a pretty intimidating jump into the water because there was a big, you had, it was, there was a bit of, there's definitely, I don't know if you could see it on the live feed, but there was, um, a bit of space in between where the bank ended and where the crab was. So they literally had to leap into the water. And if you, if you had a horse that was maybe not the bravest into water anyway, you would have had to really get a good shot in there and, and really ride forward into it. 
How about Thank the uh, crowds? It looked pretty good, actually. Were they happy with the crowds? I think they sh- they should be very. I think I think the number I heard was was like twenty five thousand on Saturday. Oh wow! I, think I heard that number for a first event wrong. like that. But which is well, exactly, exactly. For the first event, they should be absolutely thrilled to death. And and again, you know, there you know this is you know first year of having it there and first year at a new venue. There's a lot of first year woes of that and these guys every every day they kept asking us what can we do differently what can we do better and every time we gave them a suggestion they did it so you know i know people were frustrated not being able to get out onto the courses but i guarantee you by next year they're going to have that all fixed and sorted um and there were just a lot of tailgaters out there people had their you know having a really nice time on a beautiful day the weather was was warm it was spectacular breezy beautiful um, yeah, just good numbers. It was just a good vibe, you know. It just had sort of really good energy there. I and you know, not to change the subject, but I know that uh, we only have a couple of minutes. Uh, you're now heading to a, another new event, right? Yes, yes, very exciting new event in uh, just east of Sarasota called Terra Nova, which is a brand new venue um, owned by um, the Herrig family and um, Hannah and her husband Zach. Um, and I'm, I'm not even going to begin to pronounce his last name because I, I crucify it every time I do that. Um, they sort of are that they manage and run the, the property there. And the parents wanted to have a beautiful facility that they could share with everybody. And they're the nicest people, probably some of the nicest people I know. And um, it, it's a great facility. It's beautiful. So this, we've had a, we had a test event in June, which went really well. Um, and so now this is the first big one, and they've got some. Uh, they're going to have some hunter jumper shows this winter, uh, and then pretty exciting. The USCF has awarded Terra Nova the the four long in 2023. They're going to have the fall four long, so which is really really exciting. So all lots of good things happening there. It's just um, beautifully built, brand new, all brand new cross country jumps. And um, Jamie, and they've this, done a this... fun job. This is west of Sarasota. This is uh, just outside of Sarasota, actually, yeah. not too far from where Dr. Yeah. Wendy Ying lives. And uh, you're doing starter through four star short this year. So, I mean, yeah. this is a big event. Yeah. yeah. It is a big event. I mean, not not huge numbers. Uh, we've got about 150 entries, which is actually just fine for our first one. Um, the Florida Horse Park had a horse trials last weekend, um, this past weekend. And so some of the lower level people I'm guessing are probably going to, you know, this is probably going to attract more of the Ocala crew anyway. Um, but uh, we're still really happy with that. And, and that's good numbers for the first year to, to get our feet wet and to, to see wh- what we can do better and what how things can improve. Well, I know. i got to ask you a question, though. See, Sarasota, I've been down to Dr. Wendy's there. I love Sarasota. It's beautiful. Um, matter of fact, if we were to move anywhere outside of Ocala, I would pick Sarasota. We just liked it down there. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah. you go to any water around there, including the ditches around Wendy's house, and you got alligators. Did, have they cleaned the alligators out of the <laughs> out of the water jumps? Because there's a lot of them down I there. I think so. I ha- yeah. yeah, I haven't actually seen any, and I was there in mid June when it's sort of high alligator season. But <laughs> I will, I will ask. I haven't seen any. Yeah, you maybe check yeah, every yeah. morning to make sure that the water I'll, jump I'll is clear. Yeah. yeah Sure, we're doing okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it's, right, now uh, as pre- done fun things. As president of the association, jumps and oh, I'm sorry. Round and stuff. It's cool. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just excited about this event coming up. I can tell. <laughs> such a good job. As president of the <laughs> yeah. association, are you in charge of getting the alligators out of the water jumps? Is that your job? Yes. 
Yeah, kitty, 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 well, yeah, have fun, Max. That would be funny. Can you imagine alligator wrestling? I'll put that on my resume, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, have fun down there in Sarasota. What a couple of Thank weeks you. for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it should be good. We're looking forward to it. All right. Take care, Max. Well, coming up at our post show, I also got to catch up with somebody that you and I both know. I stayed at her farm in the road show. It's Auditor Hannah, her repert. And in the post show, I did a little interview with her as she was leaving Maryland, sitting in the traffic to get out of Maryland after the show jump yesterday. And she kind of gives us the spectator's point of view of how this brand new event was. And we'll do that in the Auditor post show today. And she got a horse, actually. She adopted one of your horses, I think. She did. Yep. She did. She got a nice horse. Uh, well, hey, before we get to that, we got to thank our title sponsor, MagnaGuard. You may have heard of MagnaGuard gastric support product. MagnaGuard helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse the happy tummy he deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, the magnesium in it is a natural calmer. And two, it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows horses to relax. It contains important trace minerals, and it's natural. It can be fed continually. There's no negative side effects. And you'll also see some healthier, shinier coats, less colic, healthier hooves, and overall healthier horses. And it's like it's free because you get 15% off of your first order. One time you so order a lot. Uh, HRN is your discount code. Uh, they all come with a money back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied, you can contact Eagle Equine Products for a full refund. It's eagleequine.com. Well, as we mentioned, the other big thing happening over the weekend was the Thoroughbred Makeover in Lexington. And because of last year's cancellation, they actually did a double makeover. They did a makeover for 2020 horses and then a makeover for 2021 horses. And we're going to speak to one of our auditors later in the show. She was there showing her horse. We'll find out about that. But they always give a kind of a grand prize to the champion of the show. Mm -hmm. There's so many different categories and so many different classes in all different things from eventing to show jumping to Western classes. I mean, just a little bit of everything. And we, can't, we don't have time to go over it all. But we usually talk about who, who the grand prize winner is, who well, takes and the if championship. You, if you, by the way, if you want to hear any of it, listen to Retired Racehorse Radio. We had a spotlight rider on every episode uh, throughout the year, so you can kind of catch up on those. And um, I'm sure this next episode that we have of Retired Racehorse Radio will have a lot of in-depth coverage. Well, one of the, uh, well, so for the 2020 Thoroughbred Makeover Champion, it was a friend of the show. She's been on our show several times. Lindsay Partridge out of Canada won. This was her second time winning. She won back in 2015. So that was really cool. Um, she has a 2017 16 and a half hand gray roan mare that was bred in Kentucky by Jim Williams. Uh, the horse never did make a start, but was trained to race. The horse's name is Thunderous Affair and was placed through the Cantor uh, Adoption Agency in Michigan. So congratulations to her. You know, she didn't, this was not an easy ride, and you can read up more about it. There's been a bunch of articles on her and this horse. It was not an easy ride for her or the horse. The horse was a bit challenging, but Lindsay had a reaction to, and this is not, this is not a secret. She's posted it on her page, and I've been in contact with her about this all along in the last month. She's had a really bad reaction and heart issues after her second COVID shot. Uh, and is, has really had some serious health issues herself because of it. And you remember, right, she just had a baby not long ago either. 
Um, as a matter of fact, she brings the baby everywhere. She, you know, everywhere she goes to these shows and stuff. So she's had a rough road between her and the horse and then to come out and win anyway. And she always puts on the most spectacular freestyle, uh, which is why she ends up winning these things. But uh, she she rode this horse. She was in the competitive trail class with this horse. So um, congratulations to Lindsay on winning that. And then also the 2021 Thoroughbred Makeover Champion was a horse uh, trained by Laura Sloan. The horse's name is For the Greater Good. What a great name, actually. It's a 2015 16.1 hand gray roan gelding was bred in Maryland by Donna Lockhart. Now, Lockhart trained and raced the horse uh, herself for his 22 horse or 22 race horse race career. Did 22 races for a total earnings of $46,000. Now, as I said, this horse was trained by Laura Sloan, who's a professional out of uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina. And she wanted to do the training of this horse for the owner, Donna Verrilli, whose husband had died last year of pancreatic cancer. So she rode in his honor. Uh, The husband used to be her boss, actually. So she... Wanted to do this for them and ended up winning the makeover. So it was kind of a feel-good story all around there as well. Um, and apparently the competition for the 2021 Thoroughbred Makeover was the the most competitive it's ever been. Uh, wow. So it was a busy weekend all around. There was also the, and you'll hear more about this on the Western Dressage episode, the Western Dressage Championships were going on, and there was a ton of other shows and events around the country as well. But... Uh, there you go. That's what happened as far as the major events that we've been talking about here for some time. Now, other events that happened over the uh, last week is we were on vacation, and you ended up, we didn't know where you were going. You didn't know where you were going. Uh, <laughs> you ended up in Key West. I did, yeah. So our, we, we're supposed to go to Rome, Italy. And, you know, with all the COVID issues, it was just getting really complicated. So we thought, well, we'll go, we'll stay in America, but we'll go to the Virgin Islands. And um, the Virgin Islands is uh, fairly That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, what's funny is like, we have, we have our vaccine. So we were like, we'll be fine. And Lucas has had COVID within the last three months. So he, you know, he was going to be fine too. Uh, do you know that you can't get in there without having all your testing done everything? Because um, they don't honor vaccines that were given, not in the Virgin Islands. Really? So if you you have to get your vaccine in the Virgin Islands to have it count to go to the Vir- anyway long long story. Yeah, so they're being like, real picky about the cruise ships that stop there too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So we ended up uh, like let's go to Florida. And uh, my brother lived in Key West when I was younger. I was probably twenty twenty one twenty two when my brother lived in Key West. So I'm very familiar with it. So I said let's just go there. I'll take you around and shake you around. Well, let me tell you something, Glenn. Going to Key West. As a 21-year-old and going to Key West with an 8-year-old child, very different experience. It would be a very different experience. I was like, don't look over there. Just keep walking. Don't look up. (laughs) You forget. Like, Key West is not for children. It is is not. Uh, It is very – there are some adult themes throughout Key West, but we ended up having a great time and it was really, really fun. You got and, to do uh, some, uh, I saw the one thing you got to feed sharks. Uh, yeah, you? that was 
that was super cool. It's so funny because, you know, Chad, as a fighter pilot, all, all their travels, they always say that the, the three things that make your vacation successful is the place you stay, the food you eat, and the people you meet. And I'm, I would like to change that because I do believe it is the place you stay. I do believe that it is the food you eat, but it is the animals you meet for me. <laughs> and I'm not happy unless I'm having some sort of like animal experience. And Lucas is my son and that's what he wanted to do too. So I was like, we can parasail. There was lightning was canceled by parasailing the one day. So next day I'm like parasailing or sharks, buddy sharks or parasailing. And he's like sharks. So Were we you going to parasail? Out. Yeah. They have triple parasailing. And I was really? like, well, the good news is, Chad. Yeah, he probably didn't care. (laughs) He doesn't care at all. Nothing thrills him. It's just sad. But when he was in in training, like life, you know, they do all that training to survival skills. He probably had to parachute, didn't he? So what? No, they parasail, but then they cut the line. Oh. And then they have to like float down to the water and like survive and get out of there. So I was like, we're in good hands if something happens, you know, like. He'll figure out how to survive. So you're going to parasail. <laughs> he'll at least get this. He'll at least get Lucas out. You, on the other hand, might be floating for a while. <laughs> I'll be eating my sharks. <laughs> There's plenty of them out there, let me tell you. But it was really cool to do the shark feeding. And it was very much, um, you know, talking about the environment and how sharks are good and, and, and kind of an ed- educational experience as well. So it was really, really cool to see all the different sharks. And we saw dolphins. And we saw sea turtles. It was just, you know, the Florida Keys and the, and the Florida in, in general area is just has so much life and it in and out of the water. Key West too, also most you know, of it deadly. Let's just throw that in there. But uh, well, you know. no. But th- do you know what they have in Key West that is really unique? Is they have chickens. Oh yes, everywhere. everywhere. Roosters <laughs> everywhere. And everywhere. And 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 Glenn, you know, when we got our hotel room, uh, Chad was like, they were like, where do you want to stay? Fourth floor or the bottom floor? And he was like, is it by the pool? Lucas loves the pool. Let's stay by the pool. Let me tell you something. Don't do that. Do you know what happens when you have a room next to the parking lot on the bottom floor, Glenn, when you are in Key West? <laughs> roosters. Do you know that roosters, <laughs> roosters crow all night? There's no, it's no, the sun rises and then, oh my God, start crowing. No, it was all night long. And at one point, I'm like so angry that the rooster is sitting right outside my hotel room window that I walk outside in my pajamas with pillows and i was like i'm going to kill you which by the way they're protected you can't kill them but i was like i throw so i'm standing outside in the parking lot and i'm throwing bed pillows at roosters trying to get them get away from my room and And you weren't even drunk no i was completely sober and angry okay and so i'm throwing pillows at these um roosters and all they're doing is going around me and going right back you know like our room was like fantastic for some reason and so then I look over and there's this like big dude on his cell phone. And this is like three in the morning and on the cell phone <laughs> in the parking lot. I was like, oh, I don't care. I gotta get the rooster. And so I'm throwing pillows at the rooster trying to chase him away, chase him away. And I look over and the guy's now off the phone and he's watching me. Again, I'm still in my pajamas. I'm throwing pillows, I'm throwing roosters, and I'm like, that's it, I'm done. And so I grab all my pillows and I go to walk back in and he walks over to me and goes, Hey, you wanna go get high? <laughs> like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I was like, now I, know. I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. Appreciate it. And like, so 
I walked in the room, Chad was like, who was that? I'm like, that's some dude that just offered me drugs at three in the morning. And we're moving. We're getting out of here. So um, the rest of our time was spent on the fourth floor. <laughs> <laughs> were, there, were they any quieter on the fourth floor? It was much quieter. And there were no big people offering me drugs at 3 a.m. <laughs> I was like, so that was my exciting time in Key West. But the sharks was definitely the, the highlight of it for sure. And let me tell you, when anytime anything happened at that hotel, like I was like, we need to move rooms. The roosters are keeping me up at night. They're like, here are some drink tickets. <laughs> and then one day the bus wasn't running and I was like, the bus isn't running. And they were like, mm, here's some drink tickets. <laughs> and then you go around and, and the elevator wasn't working. So we missed the bus and we went down and we we're like, the elevator's not working. They're like, oh, here's some drink tickets. I'm like, dude, I can't drink anymore. I can't. Stop. Give me, give me some water. <laughs> Fix the elevator. <laughs> Fix the elevator. And give me some water. I just walked down four flights of stairs. I don't want another pina colada. <laughs> Real quick, before we get to uh, our, our next guest, I, I <laughs> wanted to tell you, we were supposed to go camping for four or five days, right? Yes, how'd that go? Uh, not as not like planned. So we get oh, up there, yeah. and we get up there, and anybody that has, well, you all have trailers, and some of you have trailers that have electric jacks, some of you have hand crank jacks. Well, campers tend to have electric jacks because they're much heavier than, than horse trailers. So our horse trailer has a hand crank jack, but the the camper has the electric jack. So we get up there, and we back in and everything, and I'm unhitching, and I'm going to take it off the truck. And I discover that the rocker button that's on the jack has broken off. The rocker button controls the up and down of the jack. Oops. So it's stuck on the truck. And... There is a way to hand crank them, except apparently the camper didn't come with the hand crank because I never thought to look for that. And when I did look for that, uh, there wasn't one in the camper. So we have the camper stuck, stuck on the truck. And I said to Jennifer, I said, well, we could try and borrow a jack from somebody. Or, and then we decided that it would be our luck we'd jack it up. And then for some reason, we couldn't be able to jack it back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we'd be like, okay, our camper's stuck at the campground for, what, three hours away. So we decided to leave it on the truck. That's what we did. We left it on the truck. Now, that's not real good for your suspension if you leave something that heavy on the truck for a long time. So we stayed for two nights instead of the originally planned trip and then drove home. And then I had to use a floor jack to jack the camper off the truck. Oh, no. And spend $300 ordering a new electric jack, uh, which came in. And actually, Jennifer and I put on in about a half an hour. It was very easy to put on. Uh, I got a more heavy-duty one where the button is not where the old button was and will not get broken off. So... Yeah, that was our it, our our camping trip cost us an extra three hundred dollars. Is what it came down yeah, to. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. So. And yeah, and 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 I noticed in first world problems that a lot of people had those kind of expenses pop up over the oh. weekend. My my little my little beetle was fairly sick, and so I took it into the dealership and had some recalls and need to be done. And then like you know, every time I I push the clutch down and I go to like 
give it a little gas, it like revs really high. And I'm like, maybe it's me. I don't know. Just check it out. So they check it out. They're like, oh, you need a new clutch. Mm, that's and, oh, $800. No, 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 no. No, it gets better. Um, so, and then they're like, oh, you know what? Also, you need probably a new flywheel that attached. I don't know what that is. Uh, and they're like, also, you know, you've got a leak behind your transmission, which we can do because we're already going to take your transmission out. And they're like, oh, by the way, also this $4,000 oh later. <laughs> My poor little beetle. Oh yeah, my god! Like, so sad. <laughs> that's so, worth more um, than your beetle. <laughs> that, uh, that's that's like literally half the price I paid for it. So <laughs> it's like oh great. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I've got a couple horses for sale. <laughs> what year is that beetle anyway? Uh, Thirteen. And it's got like 120,000 miles. I mean, it's diesel, so it, the engine's good. But yeah, all, it's, it's just it's the rest the of the car's falling apart. falls apart around it. Yeah, like, the engine will go oh, for another 200,000 miles, but the car, well, maybe not so much. And Chad's like, I did have plans for your birthday, but they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, no, no more plans for your birthday. Sounds fair. Yeah. Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that won't cost you a lot of money is a Wintech saddle. Uh, you. Nice transition. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that was impressive. I thought that was pretty good, actually. That's uh, that one of my better ones. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie and Jennifer have been using Wintech saddles for over 20 years now. They've always made riding easy and comfortable. Combining world-leading innovations and high-tech materials, the saddles are lightweight and weatherproof. You know, to clean them, you throw them on the fence, you hose them off, you're done. You wipe them down, you're done. That's how you know easy it is. You have to do that, Glenn, is after it rains and you take your horse out, uh, a training horse out, and you put the Wintech on them, and then you realize you forgot the bridle. So you run back in the barn to get the bridle, and the horse They've is rolled. rolled in the mud <laughs> you with your Wintech on. Guess what? Just hose it off. That's all I have to <laughs> and do. You, you don't panic. You don't have a heart attack. You know, So that's one of the advantages of Wintech I mean, saddle. I not that, that would ever happen to me, but like if it did... <laughs> That's what I would do. And they've come out with a whole bunch of, you know, they have the the gullet change system in all of them. So you really can customize it to your horse's back and withers and all of that. But they also have come out with a high wither all-purpose now. They've come out with a wide all-purpose and also a Wintech Pro wide dressage saddle. So if you want a saddle that will last you a very, very long time, as I said, uh, Je- you know, Jennifer just got a new one, I think, two years ago. She had had the old one for like four years and i think you're still are you still on your first one so the one that i have you know it's not a really good sale like wintech really needs to work on on the breakdown of these saddles because mine is 20 years old and i still use it to start all the horses so yeah they're not they're not a high turnover the, the other advantage to here in Florida is it's so damn hot and humid all the time that you can't leave a leather saddle outside. It will literally mold overnight. Yeah. And a matter of fact, one of our auditors uh, posted that they left their they moved. I think they had just moved to Florida and they left their saddle overnight and it molded. Yep, that happens. So that's why the Wintex are so perfect in a, in a climate like this. And if any bridles we have that are leather, anything leather tack has to live in the house. You just can't. You can't leave yeah. it out. I bought a humidifier for my tack room this year, a dehumidifier, and uh, did it help? Uh, well, yeah. the Wintech looked good. <laughs> <laughs> Wintech-saddles.com. All right, you know one of the things that was requested, ironically, last week in the auditor room, I saw there was a whole discussion. I had put up some best ofs, by the which got a rave reviews. 
uh, some horse husband best ofs last week. We made it horse husband week, and everybody seemed to enjoy that. I got a lot of comments on that, so thank you for listening to the best ofs. But we did the recipes the one day with a bunch of horse husbands, and I saw a couple of people comment that we should get Jill Stanford back from the cowgirl in the kitchen to do a recipe we haven't had her on in a while, and she was scheduled for today. So you guys are in luck. As I said, we have Jill Stanford back with us, a regular guest here on the show. She is the cowgirl in the kitchen, has done several books, and comes on and gives us fun recipes. Hi, Jill. Hi there. Thanks for joining us again. You sound so enthusiastic at 7.30 your time in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> a strong cup of campfire coffee always helps. <laughs> Do you live, like, by a campfire? That's what I picture. I picture you living in a tent full-time oh. by a campfire. Oh, absolutely. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh-huh, and the thermostat is up to high. <laughs> so, Jill. It is getting cold here. We've already got snow on the mountains. Oh, really? So you Where have a are question? you? Where are you? I live in central Oregon, in Sisters, and there is already snow on the mountains. I'm looking at them right now, and it's almost down to where I live, and I'm at 1,500 feet. So I expect, you know, any day now, I'm going to wake up to snow in the morning. I thought you were going to say, I expect any day now I'm going to move. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I really love it here. I really love it here. This is the perfect place to be for rodeos and cowgirls and horses and, you know, everything. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Well, you had, t- tell everybody what the title of your first book was that came out in 2016. Uh, the, in 2016? Yeah. The, that the- was... That was the cowgirls in the kitchen. Right. That was the cowgirls in the kitchen. But now I hear real soon you're going to have a new one coming out. That's right. I it's I think that it's very unusual to have the publisher call the author and ask for another book. Oh wow. I didn't I didn't have to dream this one up. They called me and said, "Everybody loves the cowgirls in the kitchen." Can you do another book? And I said, give me 45 minutes and I'll think of something. I called her, I called the editor back and I said, you know, I've been thinking, um, cowgirls spend most of their time in the, in the outdoors. And I think we should do a book called the cowgirls cook for the great outdoors. She said, just do it, just do it. And you're, you're, um, she said, you'll have to send me an outline of course, but your, your deadline will be May of 2021. This was way back in, I think, August of 19. Yeah. So we got busy. We got really busy because, you know, that isn't a very long period of time to dream it up, take the pictures, you know, do the formatting, do the whole thing. And then COVID hit. And we had the book done by the deadline. We've had to wait all this time for it to be published. It'll be published in May of 2022. Oh, wow. It is available already on Amazon for pre-order. Huh. But everything just came to a screaming standstill, didn't it? Yeah. Well, we're the excited only... to see this new one. So is all, are all these recipes in the new one outdoors? Uh, not uh, Well, they're not all outdoors. It's everything to do with the outdoors. Uh-huh, you gotcha. know, from packable stews and casseroles. We, uh, we thought what we'd like to do is include everybody who does horse camping, um, the RV people, the hiking, the trail riding. Um, we included foraging about chanterelle mushrooms, fruit and vegetable stands, and we did everything from sunup to sundown and gifts. Wow. <laughs> it, it, we really bit off, <clears throat> excuse me, more 
<laughs> excuse me, more than we could chew, but we did it. Well, that's, that's terrific. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So what do you got for us today? Is this a recipe out of the new book? Yes, it is. All right, go for it. So anybody that's listening is going to be the first one to know about this one. Well, it's fall. And fall, you know, the most popular drink that Starbucks sells is their pumpkin spice latte. So we thought about that, and we thought, what can we do that would be good, that would be like that, but that, so you just didn't drink a cup and it's gone. So we came up with apple pumpkin butter, because pumpkins aren't just for jack-o'-lanterns. We think this is the greatest way to celebrate fall produce, and your house will smell divine while you're cooking it. You can put this on biscuits, toast, pancakes, or serve it with a pork roast. That's how I particularly like it. You're going to need three cups of unsweetened applesauce. This is really easy, right? Canned or homemade. One and a half cups of pumpkin puree, canned or homemade. We vote for the canned. (laughs) (laughs) Three quarters cup packed brown sugar. Three tablespoons of maple syrup. One teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice. And you can use more if you really want to get that pumpkin pie spicy taste. Yeah, a little goes a long way there, though. (laughs) That's that's true. You want to be careful about that. But there are some people that just say, needs more pumpkin, you know, needs more cowbells. (laughs) One teaspoon of lemon juice. In a medium, large saucepan, you empty the applesauce and the pumpkin puree, and you mix well. And you bring it all to a boil, and then reduce the heat to low, and simmer it for about an hour, stirring frequently. And then to this partially reduced mixture, add the rest of the ingredients and again bring it to a boil and again reduce the heat to low and let it gently simmer, stirring pretty often for about 45 minutes until it is the consistency that you want. You can make, you can cook this right down to very thick or you can have it very thin where you can pour it over pancakes. It's really awfully good and very simple to do. This freezes very well but it will also store in the refrigerator for about a week. Wow. So you we, could put this on toast. I mean, you could treat it like butter or put it on exactly, anything, really. Exactly. Spread it on anything you want to spread it on, and you get a great taste of fall. It's a very cheerful. It's very cheerful. It sounds like something <laughs> you would love, Jamie. I'm writing everything down that she says and uh, <laughs> heading to the kitchen. Hey, b- make sure you email that to me right after we're done here so I can yes, put I- that... I can put that in the show notes because people will be asking me for that recipe. Yes, and I will uh, when you uh, when you post this talk that we've had. And gee, it's nice to hear your voice again. Um, when you post this, I will post the recipe on my Facebook page too, along with this talk, so everybody can hear it and everybody can see it. Well, that's terrific. This sounds like it sounds really good and really simple. Well, you know, cowgirls don't have time to fuss around, really and truly. (laughs) You know, there's horses to feed, there's stalls to clean, there's shows to go to, there's roping to do, there's everything. So you just don't want to have to spend a whole time, a whole lot of time fussing. So there are some, we've heard, that like to make their own pumpkin puree. Not me. No, I I have made applesauce before, but when you want to do something like this, why not use the best? The best canned that you can find. My theory, and I I do cook, but my theory is if I can't make it at least 50% better than I can buy it, then why make it? (laughs) Exactly. That's really good, Glenn. If it's not 50% better homemade, 
then I ain't right. doing it. You know, it's just like you're right. We have a terrible time growing tomatoes for some reason here in Florida. I don't know why. Some people can do it. I can't. And I we've tried these gardens, <laughs> the and I'm like, I can buy really good tomatoes for. Uh, you know, for a couple bucks, which just took me 45 hours to fuss with to get a tomato on a tomato plant. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I don't grow tomatoes anymore either because all of the fruit stands around here have not only just regular tomatoes, they have heirloom tomatoes. You know, so they've gone through all the trouble. Yeah, exactly. And you're supporting a small business. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which is always a good thing. Well, so that's my theory. There's something that everybody can take away from today. If you can't make it 50% better than you can buy it, buy it. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find that everything we've done in this book is 100% better than anything that you can buy, including my recipe for trail jerky. It's pretty good. All right, Jill, where can they pre-order the book? They pre-order from Amazon, Cowgirls Cook for the Great Outdoors. It will be delivered on May the 1st. I can't wait to see the finished product. If they go to Amazon, you'll see the cover. The cover is gorgeous. Once again, my publisher, Two Dot, did a fabulous job. They've also called and wanted to know if we're going to do a third book. Wow, that's <laughs> congratulations. That's terrific. And that doesn't happen we're, very often in the publishing world. Usually you're begging them you know, to do a book. So, I, know, yeah. I know. Well, apparently I, I hit a chord with, you know, with what we do and with the historical pictures and the stories and, and the whole thing. And so, yeah, so this <laughs> go on forever. We'll keep on talking. <laughs> well, thank you, Jill. We'll have you back to do another recipe soon. We appreciate it. I can't wait. All Thanks right. for calling. Take care, Bye-bye. Jill. That actually sounded like a really good recipe and easy to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the idea of all those is that they're fairly easy to do. And I don't have to like core a pumpkin and like (laughs) cut it and boil it and all that stuff. I've had a spaghetti squash sitting on my counter for a month. And I'm like, all I have to do is cut it open and cook it. I can't. My mom used to make homemade applesauce, and it tasted just like applesauce. I was like, okay. Yeah, just buy it. Yeah. I, I, I had a garden this year, and Glenn, I mean, I must have spent $600 to get a there you go. thumb-sized tomato. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tomatoes, if you, if you have the green thumb and you can do tomatoes, they're really good. But, boy, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. All right. Well, why don't you talk to us about Equiderma, and then we'll get our next guest on the line. We've been hearing really good things from our listeners about the new Equiderma dry shampoo called Daily Defense, and it's now available at Equiderma.com. The all-natural ingredients attack and kill all bacterial and fungal infections that cause most equine skin ailments. Give it a try like so many of our listeners have. Equiderma offers a 100% happiness guarantee. Y'all, this is the time to use this side note because you're going to be having horses with long hair and blankets. You're going to want this stuff. Give it a try. Equiderma, uh, if it fails to meet your expectations in any way, you just let them know and they'll refund your money right away. Visit Equiderma.com for the details on Equiderma dry shampoo. It's called Daily Defense. I would like to welcome our next guest to the show. Her name is Colleen. And Colleen, you were at the makeover this weekend. That's right. I just got back yesterday. Oh my gosh. How tired are you? (laughs) I'm very, very tired. (laughs) What's amazing to me with my experience at the makeover is, you know, you're at a horse show 
And so you know you're going to walk a lot. But the thing is, there's so much to watch at the makeover and there's so much to do and your course way, all the things you have to do that, yeah, I mean, you must put in 20,000 steps before lunchtime. Well, I had listened to the advice of the fellow auditors who told me to go ahead and rent a golf cart. So uh, I maxed out at about 30,000 steps a day. So hardly any at all. <laughs> oh, you barely did a thing then. Bless your heart. Well, hey, uh, I would like to stable with you then with that golf cart. I had a bike and I was like, I can't even ride a bike. Why did I bring this? Um, so Colleen, tell us, tell us about your horse. Okay. So I have a four-year-old, well, he's obviously an off-the-track thoroughbred named Moose. He raced exactly one time, and he didn't quite come in dead last. He was second to last, but very slow. Uh, there's a video of him racing. He comes, like, cantering in at the end. He looks so happy, though, but he, he's very <laughs> slow. Um, so I adopted him from New Vocations in December of last year, um, and I've been retraining him for the makeover, aiming for dressage the whole time. Um, he's such a good boy. Of course, he's also a little bit accident prone. So in the last four weeks leading up to the makeover, I rode him twice <laughs> um, because first he had this mysterious swelling in his knee. And then of course he pulled the shoe and stepped on the clip. And just because <laughs> I couldn't get the vet out to get it ultrasounded to make sure it ended up being nothing, but couldn't figure that out right away. He had the last four weeks almost completely off. <laughs> I rode him twice before I brought him down to Kentucky and oh my God, he was so perfect. Um, oh, and as an added bonus, right before I left, I was like, I feel like this horse might have Lyme disease. So I had my vet pull a tighter right before we left. And wouldn't you know it right on our way back, the results came back. He had Lyme. So I have the most perfect baby thoroughbred who was so good despite having like the world's worst preparation for the makeover. <laughs> So his you you said his name is Moose. Is that his jockey club name? His jockey club name is Hard DSE, which I think is a terrible <laughs> name. Hard um, what? It looks like hard disc. DSC, the, just the letters. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know what that means. You never yeah, know what like people it. are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call him Moose too. So you what division did you compete in dressage? Yep. Awesome. Yep. And dressage. And, and walk us through it. How did it go? Oh my gosh. I, honestly, it, so I've been doing dressage with him all year and it's been <laughs> not very good all year. He's been scoring like in the low sixties. Um, and I brought him to the makeover and I, he, I don't know, I didn't know what to expect from him because I'd had the four weeks off. Um, that sucker got the best dressage score he's had all year in that Rolex ring. He scored a 70, um, and I had no idea whether or not he ever could do that well. He was just perfect the whole ride, like, except the right lead canter. He wanted to throw his haunches in, but he was so good for me the whole time. He was trying so hard. He was so relaxed, would never guess the horse had Lyme disease, but he was just so good. He tried so hard. I don't think I've ever had such a good ride on him. And of course, it was in the Rolex. <laughs> That's a perfect time to have your best ride. I will tell you my experience going get down into the Rolex arena to do dressage. My horse raced quite a bit more than one time. And uh, you walk in and he was like, cool, I got this. And then the guy, the freaking announcer starts, all right, and he was like, we're on the track. <laughs> and I did not. 
have a lovely ride on him in the dressage portion um, like you did. So that's fantastic. I mean, because that is such a huge environment. How did you prepare for anything like that? Oh, well, so I, I actually was very nervous about uh, announcers in general because I haven't, I have two standard breads and one of them actually both of them raced a whole bunch and anytime they hear announcers or they hear clapping, they kind of get their track mind back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so for Moose, anytime I went somewhere that had an announcer, I was like, Oh God, <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> um, but I, I brought him out a lot, um, especially in like, you know, late spring, early summer. Um, we probably went to my trainer's barn two or three times a month just to get him on the trailer, practicing going places, practicing spending the night, um, I brought him to, uh, I want to say three or four recognized shows where we went and stayed overnight, um, this year. Oh my gosh. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of effort to kind of get him out and get him the show mileage. Um, but by the time we got to the makeover, even not having ridden him much in the four weeks leading up to it, I was pretty confident that he would go in and do okay in the warm up ring. I knew he'd heard an announcer before, um, that said, the first day we went into school in the Rolex, he, he did kind of like look around like, oh my God, should I be excited about this? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, uh, he did really well, but here's what actually happened is you did really well. So congratulations. <laughs> the preparation for the makeover is probably the most challenging part of it. I mean, it, you have saved, you know, nine months to show a horse an entirely like to unprogram one life and to reprogram another. And like, I don't know, let's go to the middle of the country and compete alongside 500 of your closest new friends. I mean, it's super intense and difficult and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. So to go in there and have a successful go is congratulations. Good job. Wow. Thank you. Uh, this was, of course, just my training to ride. My demo ride was not nearly as successful, but we don't have to talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> we only had one ride. There was only one. There was yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was only the one. No, the demo ride really wasn't bad. But I think after the training to ride, he was like, "We're done, right?" And I was like, "Oh no, there's a whole other ride." And he was like, ah, "You know what? Maybe we're just done." <laughs> he was a little behind my leg. He was really into the halts. <laughs> but, uh, but the, that's better than being into the bolts like do we have to <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> this was i mean that was actually my biggest fear um the whole i don't know why he's never really bolted but i was just so worried that we were going to go into the ring and he was going to completely lose his mind but while i was spectating you know the first two days of dressage there was one horse that was going around the ring really lovely. And she went to trot him in and the horse absolutely lost its mind. Um, and the judge was so kind. She like, first she pulled up the rider and then she was kind of talking them through trotting around the ring, trying to settle the horse down. And it, you know, the horse didn't really end up settling, but as the horse and rider were leaving the ring, the judge just like called out, like, you're my hero. And it was such a like uplifting and confidence boosting moment for me. I was like, all right, well, even if my horse goes in there and completely flips a lid, this judge is like the nicest person. And will first of all, make sure I get out of there alive. And second of all, 
she was just so nice and uplifting. It felt so good to watch that. I was like, I, I made the right choice coming here, bringing my horse here. Cause even if it all goes down the drain, it's still going to be a positive experience for him. I do remember the judge that was at the end of mine. And, um, she was like, just keep trying <laughs> as, as, as Groot is running sideways to the, in the right lead canter, but he's actually left lead cantering sideways. And at the end of it, I finally get the halt, you know, and like salute real quick. And, and I, I walk up to her and usually, you know, when you finish a dressage, you, you thank the judge, you know, thank you for your time. And I walked up to the judge and I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay. I mean, but that's the thing is like, you're at a place where everybody has been through this and all the horses, they've all had similar experiences and it is a very positive, uplifting experience. So I'm glad you had that. And I'm glad you got to see that. And I'm glad you did so well. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And is, is Moose in the, the marketplace or is he a keeper? <laughs> He's a keeper. He's back back home now, rolling in the mud, uh, <laughs> having a great time, getting back, putting on, I assume, hundreds of pounds by the amount of hay he's been eating since I got him back. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Give him a smooch from us and uh, congratulations, Colleen. And thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it. Oh, it was my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks, Colleen. There you go. Do you miss doing it this year? Do you wish you'd been there? Or do you would you have rather been fighting with the chickens in uh, Key West? You know, to either be in Key West or to be at the makeover, I choose Key West. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Competing anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No, I mean, that, that what she just accomplished is really, really hard. And this it is, is so incredibly time-consuming. Um, and trying to be, you know, in my situation, I was trying to be a parent and have it. I didn't have an arena for the first half. You know, I was I just moved here to Oklahoma. You and, learned you know, a whole new skill, archery. I mean, that was something, yeah, too. <laughs> that went really well. Like, I'm really proud of that one. I should have scratched from the eventing because it was way out of my horse's pay grade. Um, but you know what? We got it done by God. And there you go. So <laughs> I remember, Glenn, you were like, we have to post your dressage ride. And I was like, I will murder you. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't let me if I remember. Really. <laughs> I think you maybe yeah. deleted off my phone. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, let me see you delete it. Now go to your deleted file, delete, delete file. Okay, doesn't exist. <laughs> well, you know what uh, some people would like to delete is their problems. So uh, let's talk about some of them. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. are crushing it with the transition. I am just on point today. Yeah, you are. I needed yeah, a are. week off to get my transitions right. <laughs> um, so let's just remind everybody that these are equestrian first world problems that are real. These are really problems submitted by our listeners. And uh, we put up a post on the Facebook page and the auditors group on Sundays or Monday nights, Monday morning, depending on if we remember or not. And uh, you guys come on and you're honest and it's cathartic and we all feel better. So um, I just want to say that if you want to do this and participate in this, Glenn, how can people become an auditor? For as little as $3 a month, you can go to horseradionetwork.com, go down the right-hand side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner, click on that, and you too can join the party and become part of the auditors group and uh, kind of get the inside track to everything that's going on at Horse Radio Network. 
Well, Emily has one and Emily, I am going to have to have you share this with me. She said, I found an awesome deal on a beautiful helmet with rose gold trim and it's like it was free, but they wouldn't ship it to Alaska. (laughs) If they won't ship it there, could you at least let me know where I can buy it? (laughs) Thanks. That'd be great. Um, Olivia said, I just wanted to try and get a picture with all my horses and all five of them were like together in the pasture yesterday. She didn't really type it like this, but I'm going to read it like this. So I hurried out with them and told my husband to take a quick, quick, take our picture. As soon as I got out there, two horses decided it was time to leave. Two started wiggling and one just wanted his butt scratch. The picture (laughs) never happened. (laughs) No, those pictures never happened. No. Uh, Anna says, I backed my truck and trailer on the first try in the dark successfully. But my photo, because of course you have to take a photo. (laughs) My photo turned out blurry and no one was around to see it. So I can't even brag to anybody how awesome I am. (laughs) It is sweet when you back the trailer up the first time and it goes where you want. Oh, yeah. I had uh, clients come this weekend. They they left their horse for the weekend. And she was like, can you park my trailer? I'm really good at it. And I'm like, sure. And 427 forward and backs <laughs> later, I finally get it in the right spot. So I get it. Way to go, Anna. When we're camping we at the campground, you. sometimes your sights are pretty narrow and you're backing in. And we have a 24-foot trailer, and you can't see anything around campers. So I got it the first time this last time. I was pretty proud. The key is call each other on the phone. So you know how we all in the past tried to back each other up with hand signals? Screw that. Just call each other on the phone, and then Jennifer just talks me through it. It's perfect. That's a good idea, because you know what Chad does is he tries to do, like, airline pilots, like, backing, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. No, call each other what on the phone. two hands up over your head in the shape of an X mean? He goes, like, that means stop, as I hit the tree, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> we learned that from a fellow camper who said, you guys are doing it all wrong. Just call each other. It's much easier. So there you go. Another tip for the day. I'm all full of them today. You are helpful. Um, Melissa says, I'm that girl and you're helpful today. So perfect. Um, Melissa says, I brought my heart horse to his retirement home yesterday and he ignored me after like five minutes. (laughs) There's no like sweet farewell. It's like cool. Peace out. Yeah, they don't care. I've always said that on this show. You guys are all like, oh, my horse loves me. No, your horse loves grass. Food. Mm-hmm. Margaret says, I went out to get my new ponies winter blankets to get them ready for the colder weather. And then I found two unopened boxes and there were two winter blankets in each that came with a free sheet. And I totally forgot I had ordered them and got shoved <laughs> in the back of the garage when we moved barns this summer. And it was like Christmas. Problem is the new barn only has room for one sheet, one blanket per horse. <laughs> How much crap do we buy that we don't even buy stuff? Too much. That's uh, <laughs> for the answer to that. Too much. Summer says, after years of my pony rubbing off his mane with Swedish, we have made it through the summer with the whole mane still there. But now it's so long and thick, I have to brush it out and condition it to keep it neat, and it's so much more work. Careful what you ask for. (laughs) That's why I roach everything, except for this one darn Andalusian that I have. You can't roach an Andalusian's mane, and oh my God, it's exhausting. Like, (laughs) once a week, I have to bring him out and condition it and, like, detangle it and put all the gooey stuff all over my hands and put it in it. Anyway, yeah, it's super fun. Um, Carrie says, I can't decide what to dress up with for my horse. With my horse, it's a Halloween, and I have a then a week till my barn party. Oh my God. What are you going to do? You know what I did with the last time I had to dress up as a horse? Uh, I had Zeus and I was going to a hunter, haunted hunter pace. And I put on a 
Atlanta Falcons football jersey and I took white pink paint and I put on Zeus's neck the like laces from a football. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> like animate. Um And now you can it. do Katniss Everdeen too. It's true. I do have that outfit. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear that for Halloween. Uh, Alexandra says, I bought a beautiful new halter from my mare to replace a leather one that she has for turnout, but I love the new one so much. I don't want other people using it to turn her out because it's too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the leather one's for turnout and that, that one's for, you know, grooming and fancy time. Uh, Jenny says with all the wet weather here, thrush has been a problem. So now I have to clean stalls and I have the flexing fork, but now I need the shaking fork. (laughs) You do. FTMG.com. Uh, Matt says I grabbed a towel from the load of laundry that Beth did. Oh, he's selling out his wife. Watch out. Um, and when I went to dry off my face after a shower, I got covered in dog hair. Why you might ask? Because there was a dog blanket in that load, so everything was covered in dog hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's why my husband won't let me do horse blankets. Whatever. Um, Jessica says, my Arabian Taurus blanket early this spring, so I've been needing to buy a new one before winter, and now I have two new rescues we adopted, so they need blankets too. But I have four horses, and that means my mare gets left out, and she doesn't get a new blanket because she's responsible, and hers is fine. Uh, Nana says my kiddo went to a horse show yesterday and did really well for the first time after learning how to deal with all her ponies tricks, but it was a hunter jumper show and they take all day. And so, so exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I was so exhausted after I went to bed with her at eight and I just woke up at three. (laughs) Yeah. You can't go to bed at eight. That's, um, what happened to me because of the ding roosters the night we finally got our own room. I fell asleep at 6.30. And Chad no. let me go to sleep at 6. And you're up at 4. I woke up at 1.30 in the what? morning. And I was like, morning! Oh my god, it's 1.30 in the morning? you freaking kidding me? And then the whole next day is ruined. I could reverse my days and nights. No problem. I get it, man. Um, let's see. Aaron says, we got the footing in our new winter turnout paddock redone so we don't have to worry about mud. And it looks so beautiful with fresh footing. And I told my horses, no one's allowed to poop in there ever again. And they disregarded my instructions immediately. (laughs) She has a picture of her horses with beautiful footing and poop on the ground. (laughs) Uh, And there you have it. That is your equestrian first world problems for this week. Find out what happens over this coming week next Monday when we read them again. Sounds good. Well, we're going to have a bit of a post-show for you. I got I did an interview with uh, Auditor Hannah as she was leaving the horse or leaving Maryland, sitting in traffic, waiting to get out of Maryland after show jumping and Boyd winning. Congratulations to Boyd. Maybe we'll be able to get him on here. Uh, but uh, thank you so much to all of our guests today. We really appreciate it. It's been a busy day. And uh, thank you to you guys for listening and joining us and to our auditors for being the best listeners ever. And we'll be back shortly with you guys. And where can people find you, Jamie? You can find me. I have a Facebook page that I post all the horse stuff on. And it's Flyover Farm Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And uh, follow me there. And, of course, you can find all of our shows at the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com, including Jamie's other show and my other show. Jamie does Retired Racehorse Radio. I do the Stable Scoop Show. Tomorrow on Horses in the Morning, we'll have the Certified Horsemanship Association episode for you. And then Jamie will be here Wednesday and Friday. We also have fox hunting coming later in the week. So full week planned for you. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. Spay, neuter, and geld.
Well, we're going to play Hannah's interview for you guys. We don't have a whole lot of time today. We got uh, other things I have to get to today. Uh, I'm sorry about your car, by the way. That sucked. (laughs) We'll see. Well, hey, just so you know, right now, Chad is picking me up and taking me somewhere. Where are you going? And he won't. I don't know. And you know how much I love surprises. For your birthday tomorrow? Yes, for my birthday tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Jamie loves surprises. Uh, That's her favorite thing tomorrow so he's like we're gonna do something today and i'm like what are we gonna do he's like well i'm not gonna tell you and i'm like well then i'm not going (laughs) (laughs) i hate surprise like my stomach hurts and my palms are sweaty because i don't know where i'm going she hates it it's so funny i don't care it's so funny how you hate surprises i don't know where i feel like surprises you're basically you're keeping secrets i think you need therapy you're lying lying to me you really need therapy Uh, I got to end with this, and then we'll go to Hannah's interview. Uh, Rad Watkins, who I haven't heard from in a while. Hi, Rad. Post, just posted in the auditor room. He said, I, ju- I just met a woman at my barn, and she was in need of a certain bit I had. I told her I would bring it the next time I went to the barn. I used voice over to I used voice to text to let her know I brought it. It didn't go well, and this is what the voice to text did. I'm finally making it back to the barn. I'm bringing that bitch and a headstall. I have a bunch of other bitches that I dragged along too. They will be in the front of my little black trailer and you can help yourself to play with them. Oh (laughs) my God. (laughs) The headstall is really easy to switch on. Gets on. I I can't even read that sentence. The headstall is really easy to switch. Gets uh, out on. So yeah, sometimes voice to text. Doesn't like what you have to say with the horse words. Yep. So if you want to find the bitches, they're out in front of the little back trailer. They'll be out there. Go play with my bitches, (laughs) yo. You can help yourself. (laughs) Thanks, Rad. Made my day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's Hannah after the show yesterday. Well, I have Hannah here, who's one of our terrific auditors, and you might recognize her voice because we stated her place in hilly western Pennsylvania, and she made her way down to Maryland, to Fairhill, for the five, three and five star over the weekend. Hey, Hannah. Hey, how are you? Good. Now, you're just leaving, right? It's Sunday, and you're just sitting in traffic. Yes, we are. We are on our way home. And was that four or five hours for you? Uh, about five hours. So it's not too bad. No, it's all turnpike. You'll be uh, bored to death in no time. <laughs> so, so tell me, you picked a heck of a time. Let's start with the uh, big news. You pick up a heck of a time to go watch a five star in this country because the first American since twenty oh eight won. Yes, it was so exciting to be able to go watch Boyd and see him win. Because it's not very often we get to see an American win an American event anymore. <laughs> now, he wasn't in first place going into this, so what happened? Uh, it was Ollie um, dropped a rail, and Boyd was able to move up into first. And was that an exciting end to the whole thing? Because Ollie would have went last, so he dropped that rail and did the, did, did you know, that gasp went through the audience, I bet. Oh, yes, it, it was a very large gasp, and everyone knew at that moment that Boyd won. So what was it like? What was the whole experience like for you there? Had you ever been to Fairhill before? I have been at Fairhill. I actually competed at Fairhill, I guess it was about four years ago. Um, it has, it's amazing how much it's changed, but definitely for the better. Um, it's it very nice to be back and see all of what they've added. 
Now, the, um, uh, the cross-country course looked amazing. It was gorgeous. Some, the jumps were super cool. A lot of ones I've never seen before. Um, the corners with, like, the little, you could jump through the corners was so cool. Um, the ditch in the water jump to jump out of the bank was something I've never seen. Um, it was massive, though. And how, you know, My, compared to Kentucky, it looked, at least from TV, much hillier. I would say it was definitely hillier than Kentucky. Um, my legs would say so today. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> so we're, um, so you obviously got to see the three and the five stars. So you got to see a lot more riders than just the five star too, which is kind of nice. It was nice. It kept you like, you kept you busy, which was really nice. There was a lot to do, a lot to watch. And you got to see a lot more cross country, which everybody loves. And was it fairly organized? I mean, everything was pretty organized for the first time? Yeah, I think, yeah, I thought they did a really great job for their first time. I've, everything was really organized. Everything was very well done. I, was, they had, I think there were a few things they probably will take out from it um, to improve on, but we really had no complaints. Now, from that what I saw really on well. TV, the crowd looked pretty good for a first-time five-star event in a new area on, on cross-country day. It looked pretty good. How how was it crowd-wise all weekend? Crowd-wise definitely built as the weekend went on. Um, yesterday morning was a lot of people, but by the time the five-star started, it definitely, I would say, doubled out on course of all the people who came out. And what I was they did good. What was today like? Was this with the stands full for jumping? They were good. I wanted they weren't packed. Um, but for the first one I thought it was a very nice turnout. And shopping? You you actually work at a tag shop, but did you spend any money? I only bought a sweatshirt and a hat. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> did they have a lot of shopping? It looked like the tent the tents were set up for shopping. Yeah, they had a lot of shopping. They had stuff in the infield and then on the outer perimeter. There was a lot to go and see. Did you get a flavor for how many locals came out as opposed to just, was it all horse people out watching, or do you think locals came out? I think there were a lot of locals, There's, I've, for sure. Um, there's definitely people who traveled, um, but I'd say there were a lot of locals came out, which is good. Yeah, because that's an area where there's a bazillion people that live within an hour. You know, you got Baltimore, you got yeah, you got Delaware, you got Philadelphia. You ha- all of that's right there within an hour. So to make that a truly successful event, they need the locals to come out. Uh, Agreed, and I think they were able to get that. Well, that's terrific. So, what was your favorite part of the whole weekend? Watching today, or cross country, or kind of mixed. I mean, it was definitely exciting watching Boyd win, but. Who doesn't like to watch cross country? So I'd say it's a very close tie. It was also great watching my friend who came along who does not really jump and watching her watch (laughs) and look at these big jumps (laughs) was quite enjoyable. (laughs) It is always fun seeing first timers stand beside the jump and go, holy shit, that's big. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It is amazing that way. Well, good. Well, I'm glad. So you think that, uh, I think, how do you think, it's going to compare in the future to Kentucky. We'll think we'll have the crowds that Kentucky has. I think it will. I think as the as people as it gets older and becomes more known, I think they'll get the crowds. It's definitely not quite as big of a venue as Kentucky, um, but I think they'll I think they'll get pretty close to them. 
Very good. And, you know, the one thing that everybody always worries about is parking and food. So how was parking and food? Parking was great. Um, and food was really good, too. They yeah. had lots of variety for food trucks. And um, lines were a little bit long at times, but that kind of just goes with yeah. the territory. If you go and the break at lunch, really your lines good. are going to be long, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Hannah, thank you for stopping by this morning, giving us a report from Fairhill. We appreciate it. You have a safe trip home. Thank you. Thanks for having me.